0: this morning, and I come to find out that it doesn't work unless you give God your whole heart. You can't try to worship God half-heartedly and think that things are going to change in your life. You got you to be willing to pour all of your heart out. The scripture, the prophet said, he said that you will seek me and you will find me when you find me, when you seek with a, your whole heart. We're not going to find God. God's not going to show up till we give him our whole heart. I want God to show up in this place. So I got to make it up in my mind that I'm going to give him my everything this morning. All right, as we remain standing this morning for the reading of God's word, uh, let's go to the book of Jeremiah chapter 8. Jeremiah chapter 8 and beginning at beginning at verse 15 this is what the prophet states he says we looked for peace but no good came for a time came and for a time of health and behold trouble the snorting of his horse's was heard from Dan, the whole land trembled at the sound of the nying of his strong ones. For they are come and have devoured the land and all that is in it, the city and those that dwell therein. For behold, I will send serpents, cockatrice among you which will not be charmed. And they shall bite you, saith the Lord. When I would comfort myself against sorrow, my heart is faint in me. Behold, the voice of the cry of the daughter of my people, because of them that dwell in a far country, is not the Lord in Zion, is not her king in her. Why have they provoked me to anger with their graven images and with strong vanities strange vanities I'm sorry the harvest is past the summer is ended and we are not saved and by the help of the holy ghost this morning I want to I want to preach on don't wait until it's too late don't wait until it's too late you can be seated this morning In the book of Jeremiah here, chapter 8, the Lord often, um, in reading, the Lord often directs me back uh, to this scripture because um, right after this scripture, Jeremiah, understand what Jeremiah is dealing with. He is um, dealing with the fact that he knows, he understands um, the end of God's people because of their constant uh, neglecting God's ways, uh, God's plan for their lives, as they pursued other things. Truth be told, they pursued the gods of the other nations. Um, They began to fall into idolatry. Um, They began to get involved with everything else um, that the other nations um, were doing. And so... When you read what we just read as Jeremiah is talking about how um, he is distressed. Um, He's talking about the the heartache that he feels. Um, As he's talking about those, he's talking about their horses and their strong ones. Um, He's talking about um, Babylon. He's talking about Nebuchadnezzar and how that they would come and take God's people captive. And so... He goes on and he comes, he asks the question. He says, is the, Lord, is, is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king not in her? In other words, God is there in your midst. And this morning I want to know one thing. I want to know that God is here. I want to know that I'm, if you're searching for God and if you're looking for God and looking for answers from God, I want you to know we're not going to find God just anywhere. You're not going to find God just any place. You're going to find God in the midst of people that are pouring their hearts out to God. As if, see, oftentimes we come to church and we bank on having another opportunity. We bank on that, well, I'll be able to do this again next Sunday. I'll be able to do this again next. Uh, next service later on today or or maybe Tuesday night I'll be back here and I'll be able to worship God again and so a lot of times in that thinking we it it stops us from giving God everything that we have as we bank on I'll have another chance Um, I'll be able to give God my whole heart the next service I'll be able to get this thing that I'm dealing with or that I'm struggling with. I'll be able to get that taken care of the next service. And we put things off, and we put it off. You know, uh, we can become very good at being at procrastinating when it comes down to giving God our everything. But this morning, I want to have the knowledge that I'm not guaranteed another service. I'm not guaranteed another day. I'm not guaranteed another minute. I'm not guaranteed another hour. So while I'm here, while the opportunity is at my fingertips to grab a hold of what God is trying to do in my life, I want to make the best of it. Because I know without a shadow of a doubt, God is in this place jesus said it like this he said where two or three are gathered in my name there am i in the midst of them so there's no question that jesus is in the house this morning the question is how are we going to respond to jesus being in the house I don't know about anybody else, but I know that he's in the house. So my response is, I'm going to throw my hands in the air. My response to him being in the house is that I'm going to pour out my heart unto him. I'm going to lift up my voice. Honey, you might be careful. I just may run it out. You may. You might be careful. I may, just may leap for joy because Jesus is here. So I'm going to give him everything that I have. I'm going to pour out my heart to him. I'm going to make the best of the opportunity that I have. I'm not going to bank on, I got another service to do that. And so Jeremiah, he begins to talk about how that, he's pretty much where you read where he said, summer, harvest has passed, summer has ended, and we're still not saved. He's talking about an opportunity that has passed people by. As people constantly put things off, they put it off, they played around, They messed around with other things that they thought was more important. And Jeremiah is talking about a people that when it's all said and done, are not saved. They're still lost. They're not lost because God didn't reach for them. They're not lost because God didn't make himself available to them They're not lost because God didn't provide them with the right resources that is needed for them to be saved. They're lost because they waited until it's too late. They're lost because they let an opportunity pass them by to get their hearts right with God. I want to understand the opportunity that I have here this morning. I have an opportunity for God to work mightily in my life. There's an opportunity for God to relieve the stress, to relieve the anxiety, not only relieve it, but remove it for good. There is an opportunity for me to experience victory like never before. You'll read in the scripture where um, the Bible tells us that the time came, the prophet Elisha that he was on to a point of death he was getting ready to die and the Bible tells us that the king of Israel he came to see Elisha and as he saw the man of God there lying there knowing that this man he's about the man of God he is getting ready to die he began to weep and the, the prophet Elisha told him he said he said, take an arrow. He said, he said, put your hand on the bow. He put his hand on the bow. He shot the arrow. And he said that God is going to give you victory over the Syrians. He's going to cause you to utterly consume them. And so after he, he shot the arrow, the man of God told him to get, get the arrows He said, smite the ground with the arrow. And as the Bible, you read in the Bible, the Bible says that the king, he took the arrows and he smote the ground three times. Three times. And the Bible says that Elisha was wroth with him. He said, you should have smitten the ground five or six times and God would have utterly Consumed the Syrians, You wouldn't have had to worry about them. Any longer. But because of that king's. Half hearted approach. To the word from the man of God. His half hearted approach. Led him to only smite the ground. Three times. You know. When you come into the house of the Lord. And you know what God wants to do in people's lives. You know the struggle that people have. You know what people are wrestling with. You know what they're dealing with. You know that they need victory in their lives. And you know that God stands ready to give people victory. God stands ready to deliver people. He stands ready to deliver people from addiction. He stands ready to deliver people from their past that holds them captive. But you'll find out that in our approach to God, a lot of God stands ready to heal people, and you'll find out that a lot of times our approach to God and what God wants to do in our lives is so half-hearted. It's 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 we give we don't give ourselves completely over to what God wants to do. We, we, we half-heartedly approach the things of God. But honey, I want, I want somebody to know something. God wants to give you some victory this morning. God wants to deliver people from addiction. God wants to deliver you from things that hold you bound. And you know what? I want to make the upper the best of the opportunity that I have this morning. I don't want to come half-hearted before God this morning. I want to come with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And let God but be- know that I believe in what your word says. And here I am. Have your way in me, Jesus. To- Touch my heart. Touch my mind. Fill me with your spirit. We miss out on the opportunity that we have to be delivered, to be set free. There are people that are bound, bound by so many different things as the devil plagues their mind. The devil has them tied up in all kinds of knots has them captive, has them bound by peer pressure and so many other things. I want you to know God wants to deliver that, deliver you from that. God wants to give people victory. Opinions of family members and what they think about you and and what they think you should be doing with your life holds people captive. Drug addictions hold people captive lustful situations that people have gotten involved in holds people captive. And God wants to set people free. God wants to deliver them. And you know what? I want God to do it. I don't want to wait until it's too late for me to try to come and be saved. If there's any a time to be saved and to give your life over to God, now's the time. The writer says, tells us that Today is the accepted time. Now it is the time. If you're going to get saved, if you're going to let God fill you with the Holy Ghost, if you're going to ever repent of your sins, and turn away from those sins if you're going to ever be baptized in Jesus name there's no time like this morning there's no time like the present time right now honey you don't want to wait until it's too late to be concerned about those things I want to do it while the opportunity presents itself right now I want to come and let God know that I need you to forgive me of some things matter of fact I'm going to go ahead and get baptized in Jesus name I'm going to go ahead and get my hands in the air and year myself as a little child and let you fill me with your spirit because I don't want to wait until it's too late. I don't want I don't want to be laying on my deathbed and sing the song that is taught about that is spoken of here in the book of Jeremiah of the people that The opportunity has passed. Harvest. It's gone. Summer, it has ended. And we're still not saved. God, help us to make it up in our mind that we're going to be saved. Help us to make it up in our minds that we're through playing games. We're through fooling around. We're through... flirting around with the world and seeing how much we can get away with having one foot in the church, one foot in the world. No, we're done doing that. God, help us to understand how serious this thing is. Help us to understand that I need to get in the church and I need to stay in the church. I need to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and I need to stay full of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to let this pass me by. I don't want to let service at the service pass me by as I sit and I approach the things of God in a way and in a manner that shows that I'm really not concerned about eternity. You know, I'm going to tell you, there's going to come a time that if we don't make the best of the opportunity that we have today, if we don't Get our lives in line with the word of God and allow and and begin to allow God to lead and guide us and to direct us. There's going to come a time where we're going to want this again. There's going to come a time where you're going to want the preached word. There's going to come a time where we are going to want to be able to read God's word. We're going to want that church service again. But the truth of the matter is it's going to be too late. It's going to be too late. The word of God tells us that you'll read in the Bible and you'll read about two, uh, two young men. And you'll read how that one, after he came in from a long, long day of work. The Bible says that he came in, his brother was preparing a meal. And he came in and he asked for some of what his brother was preparing. And the Bible says that his brother said, Give me your birthright. And I'll give you this meal. I'll give it to you. Give me your birthright. And the Bible says that this uh, this older brother, he felt he had, the Bible says he despised the birthright. And his mindset was, What good does this do me if I perish? What good is it? He despised the birthright. He despised. Now, the birthright wasn't just any old thing. The birthright, yes, it had to do with if the father died, that the firstborn would get the majority of everything. Okay? But I'm going to tell you, that's not what it all all, dealt with. The birthright had to deal with supernatural things as well because God had made promises to Abraham, and then to Isaac. And so the firstborn, these promises that God made to Abraham was to be put upon him, that, that firstborn as well. He was going to inherit all of those promises. But Esau felt that, hey, there's nothing good here. You will be amazed of the people that will begin to despise the things of God. They begin to despise services like this. They begin to despise the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. They despise baptisms. They, 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 don't, they, they, they feel like this does me no good any longer. This is not going to do me any good. And so Esau had that mindset. Uh, ain't nothing, this, this thing is not significant. There's nothing important a big deal about this and so he gave it to his brother for a bowl of soup time came we know the story we know the account Um, as Jacob deceived his father and and in him deceiving his father he received the blessings okay and you know what I just say Jacob wanted it more than Esau did Esau didn't want it you gotta remember What you're so willing to throw away, somebody's anxious and just prepared and ready to grab a hold of it. You might think little of it, but there's somebody that's saying, you don't want it? I'll take it. You don't want those blessings that come from God? You know what? I'll take it. I'll apply it to my life. And so, but the time came for Esau. And this often happens to people. The time came where he realized that I want what I let go of. I want that back. And the Bible says that he came and he sought with tears of, with tears. The Bible says that there was no place for repentance. The time, the opportunity had came and gone for Esau. Esau had played around for so long. Esau was so consumed and wrapped up and driven by carnal things, things that appeal to his carnal nature. And Esau wasted time, opportunity after opportunity. He wasted. He played around. He was so attracted to this temporal world. How many know that this world is passing away? How many know the Bible tells us we have no continuous city here? It is crazy for me to be about all, all about this world and not think about eternity and not make the proper uh, steps that I need to make to ensure that I make it to heaven. I got news for you. This world is going to pass away. But heaven and earth, its gonna heaven and the things of God, it's going to remain. Honey, I want to grab a hold of something that is real this morning. I want to apply my life. Life to something that is going to last, that is going to sustain. I want to get in the church, honey. I want to make it to heaven this morning. I want to make it up in my mind that there's nothing more important than me seeing Jesus. There's nothing more important than me hearing those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. There's nothing more important than me making it to heaven. Nothing more important than me. Because we can wait until it's too late. The word tells us that people often wait until it's too late. How many know that Jesus is coming back? And I'm going to tell you something. It's this thought that people think that when God comes and he takes his church up out of here, his people out of here. There's a thought that, oh, people are going to have another chance to get it right. They're going to have another opportunity. And if you believe that, I want to help clear that up for you. Because Jesus Christ, in him talking, he likened his comings to two accounts that took place in the Old Testament. He likened it to the days of Noah, and he likened it to the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible tells us that Jesus tells us what it was like in the days of Noah, why Noah was preparing the ark. Noah was getting ready. The Bible says that Noah, after being warned by God, he moved with fear, and he prepared an ark to the saving of him and his house. And so while Noah is building the ark, he's preparing. He's getting ready, okay? The Bible tells us, Jesus told us what it was like. What was the mindset of the people in that days? Jesus said they were marrying. They were giving in marriage. They was just about life. They was just doing what came natural. They was all about this temporal life. And the Bible says that they did not know that the flood, about the flood, until it was on them. It was too late to try to get on the ark then. I'm sure there was a lot of weeping and wailing. I'm sure there was a lot of crying. I'm sure there was a lot of people knocking on that door, telling and asking for Noah to open up the ark. Let us in as they realize that it is raining. And they realize it's not stopping. The water, it is, it is flooding. The water is coming up to my ankles. It's coming up to my knees. It's coming up to my loins. It's up to my, to my chest. It's, it's I'm, I can't breathe. But Jesus said in those days, they didn't know it until it was on them as they was all about the right now there are so many people that are so consumed by this life they're consumed by making money they're consumed about careers and i'm not speaking against these things but the problem comes is when we put these things above jesus christ when we put when these things are more important to us than salvation then these things are more important than us being concerned in making our calling and our election sure. That's when it becomes a problem. So, I ask you a question. Did they have another chance to get it right? They didn't have another chance. Days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot is down in Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible says that because of Abraham's intercessory prayers as he begins to plead with God the Bible says that God sent angels down to get get Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah okay we know what Sodom and Gomorrah was like in case we don't know there was homosexual activity going on in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah and God said enough is enough I'm done. It's enough. And let me let me let me say this because we're living in a world that people think that just because laws are being passed on things, I want you to know that the law of God trumps any law in this world that people pass. What God's word says, that's what it means. It don't change. I don't care how many laws get passed in this world. It don't change the word of God. God's word, he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. His word is settled in heaven. It is what it is. And as you can see in our world, our world is that way today. And it's not getting any better. And Jesus said, this is how it's going to be when I come back, when I return. God sends angels down to get Lot and his family out. Lot's wife, she backslides halfway out, and she turns back, and it shows that Sodom and Gomorrah was in her heart. She couldn't let go of it. She couldn't break away from it. And God rained down fire and brimstone. He destroyed that city. Because of their ungodly acts and deeds. I'm going to tell you, we don't want to wait until it's too late to get things right. If we're going to repent of some things, now's the time to do it. If we're going to ever get baptized in Jesus' name, now is the time to do it. If we're ever going to submit ourselves to the will of God and let God lead and guide us as the Holy Ghost will. The Bible says the Holy Ghost will lead and guide us into all truth. We need to yield. We need to go ahead and let God fill our hearts. I don't want to wait until it's too late. I don't want to be another statistic of someone that missed every opportunity to be saved. Every opportunity. Coming to church, it's a good thing. But you know what? I gotta get involved in church. I gotta get engaged to what's going on in church. I got to worship, I got to invite God in and let God know that hey, I need you know what? I got to get filled with the Holy Ghost. I got to allow God to fill this temple of mine because coming to church, just being around people that have the oil is not good enough. I got to get it for myself and you know what? I got to stay full of it because You'll read where the Bible says that there were five virgins, ten virgins, I'm sorry. Five wise, five foolish. What made the wise, what what made them wise? They had oil in their lamps. What made the other five foolish? They didn't have any oil. That was just clear, simple, plain. And the Bible says, you know, they all slept and slumbered together. They all slept and slumbered together. It's not good enough for me just to come to church. It's not good enough for me just to have friendships with people. We need friendships. But that's not good enough. That's not going to get me in when the bridegroom comes. And I got news. The bridegroom is on his way back. And the only people that are going with him is people that got oil in their lamps. How many came to get your lamp filled this morning? How many came to say, God, I need the Holy Ghost. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Saturate me. Baptize me. Consume me. Because you'll find out that the word of God will fall on deaf ears. It'll fall on deaf ears. The word of God won't have an effect on some people. They think, well, I can just come to church. Or I can just be around people that are in the church. Now, I'm going to tell you, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. The Bible tells us that they slept and slumbered together. The sound, they found out that the bridegroom has shown up. The bridegroom is here. Okay? Trim your lamps. Get ready. Get prepared to meet the bridegroom. And so the Bible tells us that the five that did not have any oil, as they allowed opportunity after opportunity to pass them by, you can liken that to service after service. Prayer means after prayer means. And not getting that lamp full of what it needs. And that is that oil. Opportunity after opportunity. The Bible says that when the time came, that they asked the, five, the wise, hey, give us some of y'all. Listen. And they said, no, lest we not have enough for ourselves. Go to where the oil is sold. But how many know that when God shows up, it ain't, it's too late. It's too late. When God shows up to take his church up out of here, there's no time to go purchase this oil. That time is gone. And how many know that the only way you get this all is by faith. You get it, you can't, you can't listen. You ain't got enough money in your bank account to buy God, you ain't got enough possessions to buy God. Listen, then didn't, didn't Simon the sorcerer, after they put the Holy Ghost fell and he said, I'll give you money for what, what is going on for what I see is happening? Peter said, Your money. Perish with the Honey, you ain't got enough money to buy the Holy Ghost. If we're going to get this, you got to have faith, first of all, in Jesus Christ. And you got to have faith enough to get your hands in there, open up your mouth, pour out your heart to God, yield yourself as a little child, and let God fill you with the Holy Ghost. This thing is purchased with faith. If you ain't got faith, you're wasting time. It's a waste of time. If you don't believe in it, it's a waste. And so they, they went to go purchase the oil, but they found out that it was too late. And you know, they came back, and they came knocking on the door, and they wanted to be let in. And the Lord, the bridegroom said, I don't know you. I don't know you. And the truth be told, if we don't have God's spirit, and if we don't stay full of God's spirit, then the Bible says that those that don't have the spirit of God are none of his. Brother Lewis didn't say that. The word of God says that. And so I want the spirit of God. I don't want to wait until it's too late. Then I want to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Then I want the things of God. It's going to be too late opportunity will have come and gone so many people let church services pass them by so many people let so many different things distract them as you see we're in church and it's clear our minds should be on God our focus should be on God but people are worried about everything else people are worried about what what they're going to do once they leave here people are worried about their status on Facebook and everything else as they're checking in in church. I've seen people be on their phones in church. I've seen that with my own two eyes. Now I'm not saying to anybody here, I'm just saying and stop trying to figure out who it is I'm talking about. <laughs> but I've seen it with my own two eyes and I'm saying how disrespectful is that to God? It ain't disrespectful to the person that has the microphone in their hands it's disrespectful to God as God has provided such an opportunity for us to come in and for Him to touch our hearts and touch our lives. God stands ready to save people. And people squandle opportunity after opportunity. The Bible, but you know what? People always, the scripture teaches, you will see it in the scripture, people always wait until it's too late. Then they wanna take advantage and try to take advantage of what was there, what was presented. Then they want it when it's no longer there. You'll read about a man, this man had everything that you could possibly imagine. You name it, he had it all. He fared sumptuously daily. He had all of the right clothing, fancy threads, He dressed the best. He had everything that one could desire. And there, each and every day, there was a beggar that laid there. And every day, he walked past this beggar. He looked down upon him. Surely, as he thought that this beggar, there's nothing there. Look at this guy. Opportunity after opportunity to do the right thing. Opportunity after opportunity to, to grab a hold and and do the right thing. But he looked down upon it as there's no significance. Do you know that there's peop- people approach church that way? They approach it if it's not if, if, if the church is not on the right side of town, uh, if the church doesn't have the right amount of, of people in it or if it doesn't have uh, people that are going things that are going to appeal to their flesh and make them good or tickle their ear they feel like there's nothing significant there there's nothing important there nothing going on there nothing really happening as they're looking at it through carnal eyes but the day came where both died how many know that it don't matter how much money you have, how many know that the poor man and the rich man is going to die the same? They both going to die the same. <laughs> you ain't going to die no different than the poor man or the rich man ain't going to die no different. We all going to die the same. And the Bible says they both died. One was received into the bosom of Abraham. The other lifted up his eyes, being in torment. As the Bible says, he lifted up his eyes in hell. And you'll find out that this rich man, everything that he should have been concerned about when he was alive, everything that he should have been concerned about, You'll find out that when he lifted up his eyes in hell, he was very concerned then. As he felt the pain. He felt the heat. And he said, give me a drop, just a drop, that I can put on my tongue. Send, he cried out to Abraham, send Lazarus back to go and tell my family, my brother, I got family. Go tell them not to come to this place. See, he should have been worried about family while he was still alive. He should have been worried about being saved and his family being saved while he was still alive, but he waited until it was too late. And Abraham had to make it clear to him, hey, there's a big gulf between us. We, you can't come here, we can't get there. I'm talking about not waiting until it's too late. I'm talking about not letting things cause you to procrastinate and put things off and say, I'll have another chance to do it again. The devil deceives people. The devil gets people tangled up in all kinds of foolishness, things that will not matter. And people will say, I'll, I'll get that right later. I'll repent another day. Don't wait until it's too late. Don't wait. As Jeremiah says, he tells us in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 8, in verse, verse 20, the harvest is past and the summer has ended, and we are not saved. I want to be saved this morning. I want to walk out of here and know without a shadow of a doubt that I am saved and that I've made the right decisions, the right steps at making sure that I secure my place in heaven. Okay? Do you know each and every day we have to do that? There's this thought, once saved, always saved. No. Every day, I got to make my call in an election, sure. Every day, I got to repent of my sins and die to this flesh. Every day, I got to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I can't say, well, I got that 15 years ago or 20 years ago. Honey, if you ain't got it and it ain't active right now, it don't matter. I have to get it. I gotta stay full of it. I gotta stay full of it. Let us stand this morning. I'm talking about not waiting until it's too late. You'll find out that people... The devil will deceive people and often lead them to believe that I got enough time. I got enough time. I got enough time to run wild and live however I want to live. And, and I, I'll, you know, I'll serve God one day. I'll get my heart and get my life right with God one day. But I'm going to tell you, tomorrow is not promised to any of us. Another service is not promised. To any of us. Jesus came. You'll read in the Bible. Where all throughout the Old Testament. Testament prophecies. Were given. About the coming Messiah. Um, You'll read in Isaiah. Isaiah did a lot of. He spoke prophetically. uh, Many times. Many occasions. About the coming Messiah. And the work that he would do. When he got here. To redeem humanity, to save his people. And you know what? They looked. They knew about it. They looked for it. They anticipated. They waited and waited for the Lord to come. And he came. The Bible tells us that God manifested himself in flesh and that a virgin brought forth that flesh that Inside of that flesh was the almighty God. The Bible says the angel told her to name him Jesus. Talked about how he was going to save his people from their sins. And he came. He walked amongst common people like us here today. The invisible God made himself visible. And you'll read how he went about doing good. He went about healing. He went about opening blind eyes. He went about cleansing lepers. He fed the multitudes. He raised the dead. And you would think that in saying these things, that people would have just healed what it was he was doing and just giving themselves over to him. You'll find out that God will do miraculous things in people's midst. He'll even do it in their own lives. There are some people you shouldn't even be alive today, and you know it. You know accidents that should have taken your life. Shouldn't even be here today. I'm one of them. And you'll find out that because we're so we can be we can get so full of ourselves at times. And, and knowing everything that God has done for us in our lives, still kick against and fight against, have seen how God has provided, how God has taken care every step of the way, and still reject him, and reject what he wants to do in our lives. Israel as a nation rejected him. And you'll read where Jesus steps out. And he looks over Jerusalem. And the Bible says that he began to weep. That means he cried. He began to cry about them. He said, Oh, Jerusalem. He said, How I would have gathered you like chicks, like a hen would do her chicks. I would have gathered you. He said, because you have not recognized your time of visitation. Then he begins to go on and tell and talk about what would happen to them, the judgment that would come to them. As a people that let The very thing that they were looking for. The very thing that they were longing and desiring. And it comes. And because of their hard heart. Because they were so wrapped up in self. Pride lifted up. I'm going to tell you. You want to lose out with God? Allow pride to get into your heart. And pride is a sure way. ensure that a person will lose out with God as they can't see nothing else but themselves. They think it's all about me. It's all about what I want. I know what's best. Hard hearted. Stout hearted. And and he wept over them because he knew what their end was going to be. I'm going to tell you I don't want this opportunity to pass me by. I don't want a service to pass me by. I don't want a prayer meeting to pass me by. As I'm so caught up in everything else, I'm so caught up in self, I'm so caught up in what I think and, and how I see things. It's not about me this morning. It's not about any of us this morning. It's about Jesus this morning. It's about what God wants to do. And if I can't get my, if I can't get my mind wrapped on that, oh, uh, around that, I'm going to lose, and I'm going to lose big. I don't want this opportunity to pass me by. I don't want to wait until it's too late. I don't want to be like Esau, coming back, knocking. Let me get that church service back. Let me get that prayer meeting back. Let me get that opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus. Let me get that back. Let me get that opportunity that I was sitting there talking to the co-worker and I didn't mention anything about Jesus. Let me get that opportunity back. Let me get that church service back where I can come in before the altar and repent and pour my heart out. If you're going to cry, cry now. This is the accepted time where you can be heard. This is the time where God will reach down and God will hear you. God will touch you. God will forgive you. God will feel you. Let's lift up our hands and let's lift up our voices. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Come on, somebody. Don't be like the king that half-heartedly smoked the arrows to the ground. Don't come half-heartedly before God. Don't let this opportunity pass you by because I'm half-hearted in my approach. Somebody lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. I want to be saved when it's all said and done. I don't want this world to cause me to be- think that I have another chance or an- another opportunity. I'm not guaranteed another service. And I don't want to wait until it's too late. I want to let Jesus know I need him. I need him right now. I want to let those tears flow. I want to let that voice be lifted up and raised. Too many times, people waste time in doing so many other things. Come on, let's lift up our hands. Lift up our voice. Lord, give me you. Lord, give me you. This altar is open. Come down with your heart, lift it with your hands, calling upon the name of the Lord. Come on, somebody, let God have his way in your life. Make it up in your mind, I'm going to allow God to have his way in my life. I'm not promised another day. I don't want to wait until it's too late. I don't want to wait until it's too late. I want God to have his way in my heart.